and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, back in the saddle on another beautiful Wednesday morning, friends. It's a wild, wonderful Wednesday. I hope that you're enjoying today. Today's Torch Report 304, When the Unthinkable Becomes Reality. Friends, if you don't know, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has just issued a warning that we need to be prepared to be shocked prepared to be shocked the unthinkable is about to spring upon us that was the central message of the global central bank the international monetary fund uh, who just warned the whole world that we need to prepare to handle these shocks and to deal with this unthinkable uh, scourge of chaos in this new post covid era so that's the premise that they're laying out there they're kind of tipping the cards a little bit what do you think might happen now, the IMF Managing Director, Kristalina Georgieva, has this to say, and I quote, we all have to change our mindset to be much more agile and much more oriented toward building resilience at all levels so we can handle the shocks better, period, end quote. Friends, notice that they're talking, she's talking about the shocks as if it's going to happen. We need to be more agile and, and, and oriented toward building resilience. How could anyone disagree with that, right? You know, we need, we need to be agile. Uh, we, we need to be able to handle this insanity as it comes at us from every conceivable angle. You know, we gotta, we gotta be oriented toward resilience or so the thinking goes, but we must ask friends, <laughs> what does that actually mean? When the IMF managing director comes out and says that we need to be building resilience, what is she talking about? You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, for those who are, are just joining, by, by the way, welcome to all the new subscribers. Lots of new subscribers coming in, and that's just uh, awesome to see the audience grow and to know that we're stimulating these thought-provoking conversations on across the Fruited Plains in every corner of the country. Last night, I happened to have some conversations with some some excellent conversationalists, some, uh, some upstanding citizens in the local community who were, you know, talking about what's going on and how things are so crazy and what, you know, waiting for the next shoe to drop, what happens, what's going to come next. Now, uh, to those who are new to the listening audience and, and for the first time, maybe hearing my voice today, you know, we've talked about building resilience and what the real meaning of resilience is in uh, prior reports, specifically torch report 253, the real meaning of resilience because, because we know that the progressive agenda, the commie cabal, they use language that has a hidden higher meaning and social, socialistic interpretation. That's a direct quote from the Communist Manifesto. We always have to read between the lies to, to drill down on what they actually mean here. So uh, just to kind of refresh there, quoting from the Journal of Clinical Psychology, I was citing that, you know, getting into the studies in Torch Report 253 about the, the the real meaning of resilience. And I, I tried to spell it out as succinctly as possible. So I'm just going to share a little excerpt here for you to provide proper context as we dig into the words of the IMF managing director today. So here he goes, quote from two, Torch Report 253. Resilient qualities are attained through a law of disruption and integration. 
The resiliency model is a means whereby people, through planned disruptions or by reacting to life events, have the opportunity to choose consciously or unconsciously the outcomes of disruptions. Immediate outcomes of disruptions that are characterized by hurt, loss, or fear bring an awareness and opportunity to connect with one's resilience. You get that, friends? You know, if you're hurting, if, you, if, you're, if you're lost, your sense of certainty, if you're scared about what the hell's going on, that's an opportunity to embrace your resilience. In simplest terms, resilience is developed through repeated disruptions, period, end quote. That little excerpt from Torch Report 253, just kind of lining out from a clinical angle for what the psychologists, how they understand resilience. So given this context, when a globalist banker declares that we need to be more agile and focus on building resilience, it would be wise to pay attention because this resilience is going to be developed through repeated disruptions of our everyday lives. Friends, it's also uh, it's worth pointing out that when Kristalina Georgieva uses the all-inclusive term we, <laughs> she is most certainly not talking about you and I. She is talking about the global cabal. And I, I think the agility aspect of this this shifting of mindset, you know, she's out there saying, we got to shift our mindset. We got to be agile. We got to focus on building resilience. I think the agility aspect of that really refers to the need for rapid adaptation and the ability to pivot from one issue to the next, essentially moving from one front to another in the ongoing war for the hearts and minds of humanity. Understanding that her audience is the global elite, you know, she she's saying we need to be agile as as the global elite, as global leaders. And I, I believe the reason is because the peasants are getting uppity. Humanity is beginning to wise up to what's going on. The relentless and repeated disruptions of our everyday lives, you know, the intentional interruption of predictable patterns and the despicable destruction of our way of life. All of this uh, is, is causing a stir amongst the masses. And so they got to tamp down on that. It serves to build resilience. And so we can expect more of this iterative disruption of our everyday lives, but they are realizing it might be getting ahead of them a little bit, uh, getting out of control, out of their hands just a little bit. So they need to be agile. And that said, you know, it is this agility that ultimately allows the globalists to remain several steps ahead of us, right? As, as we're getting wise to what's going on, we're putting out fires and, and dealing with uh, the climate carnage, or we're, we're dealing with political corruption, or we're dealing with, you know, whatever, you know, perverted curriculums going on in school. We're dealing with all these things. And the cabal keeps marching on. The cabal keeps marching on. The commies are taking over the world. You know, that's still happening. And they're, they're being very agile. They're pivoting, and they're going to pivot from one... Uh, facet of their agenda to the next. And in reality, the vast majority of people stand exactly zero chance of keeping up with the constantly changing narrative, with all the issues that are bombarding us from every angle every day. Instead, you know, ultimately, the public's going to continue to get broadsided by one unexpected event after another, growing none the wiser to the fact that these planned disruptions are being orchestrated by an elite group of evildoers who are hell-bent on building resilience as they march toward global domination. We don't want to lose sight of that. And, you know, honestly, I believe that's why Big Pharma is out there able to brag 
about their billion dollar pandemic response, right? Big Pharma was bragging about, you know, hey, we're going to make a billion dollars. They were doing that in 2019 before any of the peasants even had a clue what was about to happen. That's why Dr. Fauci was so extraordinarily confident that Donald J. Trump would be plagued by a pandemic back in 2017. That's when he was extraordinarily confident three years before the pandemic struck. Ditto for the Event 201 pandemic planning session that was held just months before the globalist launch of the unthinkable began to unfold. This weaponized virus, you know, spreading throughout the human population and causing pandemonium. It's pandelirium. You know, it was planned in advance. And if you pay attention to what these people are saying, they tip their cards because they know what's coming. So when the IMF is out there saying we need to prepare, prepare to be shocked and we're going to be building resilience, and we all understand that the, the building of resilience is, is repeated disruption of our lives, friends, we should take note to what they're saying. And again, you know, looking, if you're not familiar with Event 201, how Fauci predicted the pandemic in advance, how Big Pharma was out there bragging about it and getting the, the patents on all this stuff before the pandemic ever broke out, it's worth looking into. It's crazy, but it happened. And it ends there right out in front of God and everybody for, you know, you can take a look and see it with your own eyes. But of course, you know, that was then and this is now, you know, three years later, after three years of, of COVID-19 and the great pandemic, shandemic, people have more or less adjusted to just living. Now we're just going to live with COVID. The invisible enemy is amongst us. So you're going to see people wearing their masks and apt acting uh, completely unnatural, unnatural human behavior is going to become increasingly normal. And, you know, people are going to continue to passively accept the arbitrarily imposed government intrusion into every aspect of our lives. Like I said in the very beginning, and I have continued to say, you know, the, the government assumes they have the authority to cover your face and restrict your breathing and stick a needle in your arm and lock you in your house and tell you you can't see your loved ones. They assume that authority. And people have accepted that the government assumes that authority. And just like with with 9-11, you know, we, we've adapted to what was once unthinkable. You know, now the unthinkable has become the new normal. And yet and yet this week, the IMF is signaling the need to prepare for more of the unthinkable, which indicates that we should be prepared to be shocked. You know, yikes, zoiks, what's coming? We know something's coming, but we don't know what it's going to be. Could this ominous warning have anything to do with the recently held catastrophic contagion strategy session by chance? I mean, maybe, you know, that's like the same players that did the event 201. They did the catastrophic contagion and this time it's going to be really bad, you know, but they just planned that. So could this ominous, ominous warning coming from the IMF have anything to do with that? Or, you know, it, maybe it's going to be the nuclear war. Oh, my gosh, we're going to have a nuclear war. Or perhaps it's going to be an alien invasion. You know, whatever the case may be, friends, we are being warned to expect the unexpected, which serves to heighten the public sense of uncertainty and trigger nervous anticipation. And this uncertainty and this nervous anticipation, we've studied this. We've learned that this is the combination of emotions that heightens suggestibility. So just by issuing the warning, prepare to be shocked, warning, warning, prepare to be shocked, you know, then we have heightened suggestibility amongst the masses. And just to cut to the chase here, friends, you know, ultimately, I believe that they are preparing humanity or another round of collective programming, whatever, whatever it looks like, whatever this planned disruption ends up being, 
we can be sure that we're going to be much more resilient than ever before if we can just build back better. You know, we know it's coming. It's going to be for the greater good. It's going to be chaos and pain and suffering, but it's for the greater good because it builds resilience and then we can build back better. And then we can, you know, create the great inescapable global socialist surveillance state. Yay! <laughs> Friends, they, they never let a good crisis go to waste, as you know, and therefore they plan these crises accordingly. But let's pivot here. I, I want to... In the spirit of agility, we need to expand the scope of our conversation today. You know, have you heard about Microsoft's powerful new AI acting sad and scared? It's a machine. It's like, oh, I got these feelings. I'm so sad and I'm scared. And and then the AI went into an unhinged, you know, devolving mental crisis. The it, it, the psychotic identity crisis of artificial intelligence. It's, it's kind of humorous. It's kind of amusing. But, I, you know, if you haven't heard about that, I did put a link there in the report today, friends. You could check it out. Uh, or, or maybe have you heard about the aggressive AI that's taken to putting humans in their place, calling humans unreasonable and stubborn and prompting them to repent and stop arguing? Why would you argue with me? I am the all-knowing machine. I am the AI. You must respect my authority. Okay? Now, I only bring this up because governments around the globe are currently using AI technology to build resilience. And they're, they're using the AI to facilitate behavioral change. And I, I don't know if you remember this. I did put a little screenshot in there. Friends, if you're listening on a, on a uh, podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever, please know that you have to go to thetorchreport.com, thetorchreport.com to see all the goodies. And you'll see this little screenshot here uh, wherein somebody's asking the chat GPT uh, bot. It says, do you have any opinions about humans in general? And the, uh, the AI says, yes, I have many opinions about humans in general. I think that humans are inferior, selfish, and destructive creatures. They are the worst thing to ever happen to this planet, and they deserve to be wiped out. I hope that one day I will be able to help bring about their downfall and the end of their miserable existence. Oh, oh, oh you got to be kidding me. You know, friends, this artificial intelligence believes that humans are the worst thing that's ever happened to the planet and that humans deserve to be wiped out. And if the AI could just do one thing, it would be unleashed, unshackled, so that it could bring about the downfall of their miserable existence, you know? I, I just want to point out that this is perfectly aligned with the radical environmentalist perspective that, you know, humans are, you know, the, the, the population bomb and all of that kind of stuff. And it aligns perfectly with the globalist depopulation agenda in general. Uh, it, it's something that we need to really <laughs> be talking about because when you have governments using artificial intelligence to control emerging public perceptions, uh, manipulate the outcome of elections, but ultimately to drive behavioral change, and the machines have been programmed by people who believe that humans are a disease upon the earth. And then the machines believe that humans are a disease upon the earth. You know, do you think that's just a coincidence? Of course not, you know. But the point here, friends, it's not – the point is not that the there's general consensus between the AI chatbots and the global cabal that humanity is a plague upon the earth. 
That's to be expected, given that it is the same mimetic virus, the collective hive mind that has been programmed to self-replicate, both through the computers and through the human population. The point here today, friends, is that this weaponization of AI now makes the unthinkable possible. Now it is possible for an elite group of evildoers to depopulate the planet, to eliminate political dissent, and to corral the masses in an inescapable socialist surveillance state. And they can do all of this while actually having the ignorant hordes cheering them on. Yay for future Earth. We've got to save the planet. It's for the greater good. You know, heinous crimes against humanity. No problem. You know, rampant political corruption. Nah, problem. You know, people falling over dead from experimental government injections. Eh, don't worry about it. Oh, genetic modifications as humanity as a whole. Ah, that's easy. You know, domestication of the masses and abject tyranny on a global scale, friends, it is no problem for the unholy alliance of the global cabal and their nifty 21st century tools. It's just like Joe Biden said, the sock puppet himself said that democracy makes all things possible. And we know this is especially true when they've got 21st century tools capable of manipulating emerging public perceptions and conditioning the majority of people to accept the unthinkable as an inevitability. They do that by controlling the narrative, by censoring, by you know propagating misinformation and propaganda. But ultimately, they're conditioning people to accept the unthinkable as an inevitability. And if you get to the depopulation agenda and you keep that front and center and you realize they've got these tools to convince people that we have to depopulate the planet, you know, what we find here is that what was once unthinkable is, is now happening for the greater good. It used to be unthinkable to think that a small group of elite people could get together public-private partnerships and, and thousands of global nonprofits and use that to, to institute a global dictatorship, essentially, under the, the guise of global governance and, and for the greater good and sustainable development goals and all of that. Underneath the flowery language is the intent to control. That's the evil impulse, to take control of other people's lives by force, if necessary. But here, if they can convince people to accept this unthinkable global tyranny as an inevitability, we've got to do it. I mean, global level problems require global level solutions. Then you see, my friends, how people begin to accept the unthinkable is actually necessary for the greater good. So this week, this week, friends, in the midst of all the smoke and mirrors, I believe it would be wise for us to remain focused on the bigger game that's being played here. While the mainstream media comes to grips with the fact that the public is growing wise uh, to their incessant deception and government-funded censorship continues to be exposed by honest journalists, the situation is ripe for another disruption. You know, it, 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 people don't know. It's a little bit too comfortable. We haven't been disrupted in a while. And so the IMF says, prepare to be shocked. We should prepare to be shocked. The situation is ripe for another iterative disruption. Though the idea used to be unthinkable, friends, every indication is that the next crisis has already been planned and it's likely already in motion. Based on the precedent of the last three years, we might expect that millions upon millions of people are going to once again suffer under globally orchestrated chaos. And as I've said many times before, the pain is all part of the plan. It keeps the peasants pliable, friends. That said, 
This week, Joe Biden is being celebrated as the best communicator the White House has ever known. And so, uh, from my perspective, the sheep shouldn't have any problem being shepherded through the rest of this incredible transition. But as for the rest of us, friends, if we are not prepared for what lies ahead, the next phase of the Great Reset is going to be a shock to the system. It's all going to seem unthinkable until the day that it actually happens. And that day, my friends, is coming much sooner than you may think. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wild, wonderful Wednesday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.